0: You're listening to Words of Encouragement, the preaching ministry from the pulpit of the First Baptist Church of Winsboro, Louisiana. I'm Pastor Craig Beeman, and today we're looking at aliens. Really? Really? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes, we're going to look at aliens. Uh, and, and, And I'm not getting into conspiracy theories here, but are you an alien? Are you an alien today? On words of encouragement. This uh, this morning, this morning, I am I am declaring each and every one of us an alien. Every one of us is an alien. Have you ever stopped to think how your life? matters more than just to your family. Have you ever thought about that? Your life matters more than just to those in your family. It truly does. When growing up, many of us think that, I think we begin to think that uh, our life just matters to our family because they're the ones that always get on to us and correct us, and it just seems like nobody else really cares about us but our families. Well, guess what? How you live matters to others in this world and it matters to some people you do not even know personally your life matters to others in this world if you claim to be a christian people are watching you they're watching your actions they're watching your reactions and they're listening to what you say they're watching This morning, I want us to, I want us, if you are able and willing to stand in honor of the reading of God's Word from 1 Peter chapter 2, and we're looking at verses 11 and 12. Bible says, Beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers to abstain from fleshly lusts which wage war against the soul. Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles so that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may, because of your good deeds as they observe them, glorify God in the day of visitation. May God's word be written on our hearts today. You may be seated. Who are you? Who are you? The first part of verse eleven, I tell you, Peter says, "I urge you as aliens and strangers." What does he mean by that? What is his point here? They were born on this planet. You know, Peter's not a Peter. Peter knows this. I mean, they're not green with big eyes. Peter means this in the sense that they are, though not of, this world. Sounds rather odd until you look at the spiritual implications. And then it becomes clear. Those believers were seeking to live righteous lives in a hostile world. Huh. I got to thinking about that. And I thought, oh my goodness, how does that apply to us in 2021? How in the world would this scripture apply to you and me in 2021? Aliens and strangers, people who are seeking to live righteous lives in a hostile world. How does that connect? I don't think I even have to really put it together for you. But their lifestyle Sets them apart. It even makes them strange to those who live in a different way. So, in other words, these believers living their lives as believers are going to be looked at as aliens and strangers in a world that is living differently from them. People are going to look at them and say, Well, now, why are they doing that? Why are they living like that? Why do they say that? Why do they forgive so easily? Why are they loving people? Why, why, what is the deal there? What is wrong with them, they may say or ask. Because we are believers, we, live in, we are foreigners to a secular society. Because our citizen, citizenship is in heaven. It's in heaven. We, you know, we, this is not our home. And we're, I tell you, we're, we, are, we are passing through this life. But this is not where we ultimately stay forever. And because of that, because of the change that God has wrought in our souls, in our lives, when we asked Christ to come into our heart to forgive us of our sins, when salvation came up into our hearts... When Jesus came in, when the Holy Spirit came in, and God's love was poured inside of us, we're different than everybody else in this world. And we should be different. And it's okay to be an alien in this world. If you and I are seeking to live a righteous life in this hostile world, we and we're going to set ourselves apart as aliens, as strangers to other people. We live differently than the rest of the world. We stick out. This world is not our forever home. Now this is important for us to understand. Too many times we forget and we think that this world is forever. We think that this is all we've got and and, and this is it. And, And there is no eternal life, but there is. This world is temporary. Too many times we get attached to the stuff of this world. Too many times we get so involved in this world that we look just like this world. We live and we behave just like the rest of the world. You know, there was, uh, well Richard shared with us Wednesday night. He said he he had gone to a store somewhere or they were somewhere and he encountered someone who just came across in a way that clued Richard in to know that, you know, I think this guy's a believer. And he asked the guy, where do, you go to, where do you worship? And he told him. And he was a believer. There's something about you and me that should stick out to the rest of this world that marks us as one of God's children. And it's the way we live, the way we treat people, the way we interact with others in this world. That is going to be different than everybody else. All right? It's going to be different. But it's so important that we not look and live like this world because we are not of this world. When it happens, when we fail to stick out, when we fail to be different, when we fail to live differently than others, that's when we need to be reminded that we are aliens. We are not of this world. We do not fit in to this world. Our hearts, our minds have been transformed by the changing power of God. We're to live moment by moment outside of the ideals and the desires of the world. If you've accepted Christ into your heart, I'm declaring you an alien today. A stranger to this world. That's what I am too. I'm different. You are an alien. The second thing, what do you do? What do we do? with The second, the second point that, that we look at today, what do you do? Look at the second part of verse 11. First it says, Beloved, I urge you as aliens and strangers to abstain from fleshly lusts which wage war against the soul. These lusts, these fleshly lusts wage war against our soul. I mean, they're at battle with us. The things of this world look so good and we just, oh, we'd, we'd like to partake of some of that. But it wages war against our soul. Fleshly lusts. Now, your mind probably went to sexual situations when you heard that phrase. But Paul sheds a little more light on that phrase for us. Listen to what he wrote to the Christians in Galatia. He, he, he of course, has a list. Love Paul. But don't get too involved in the list because if you can't find your particular sin in one of his sin lists, that doesn't mean it's not a sin, okay? I want you to make sure that you're aware of that. Oh, well, he didn't name it. Well, the principle is found in the Bible. You will know the Holy Spirit talking to you if it's a sin or not, okay? But but let's look at this list that Paul shares that kind of... Uh, describes fleshly lusts. The list he mentions, he says, immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger. Ouch. (laughs) Disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and just in case Paul says he missed something, and things like these, he says. I love it. <laughs> Paul tries to cover it. He's, you know, hey, and things like these. So there you go. He covered himself on that one, in that list. But Peter says we're to abstain from these things. Well, why? Why? Because they wage against the soul. But why? Why? Verse 12, keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles. Hmm. The Gentiles. Now, this was written to Jews, you know. I mean, these Jewish believers, these Jewish Christians here. And Peter says, you know, the Gentiles. The, the Gentiles? Well, the Gentiles well, well, they're not God's chosen people. The Gentiles. What? Well, they, they're those other people in our world. Well, they, they, Why do they matter? But Paul is, uh, Paul, Peter, Peter is lifting them up and helping the Jewish Christians to realize that they do matter. They matter to God. Oh my goodness, you mean the other people? But the Jews are the chosen people. But no, Peter says, look, there are Gentiles watching. Your behavior is going to be on display For the Gentiles, and when they watch you, they're watching and wondering if these are supposed to be the people of God, then how are they behaving? And it's important that the Gentiles see good behavior, excellent behavior, in fact, is what Peter says. He says, keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles. Your behavior matters as an alien and stranger in this world. It matters. First of all, you've been set apart as a believer. If people know that you've accepted Christ, if they know that you're a Christian, that's it. You're set apart already. But that's not enough for them to find Christ. They've got to see you and I living, having excellent behavior, and living like a Christian. We've already set ourselves apart. If we're, I mean, if you're going to church, you've kind of set yourself apart. But if you're a believer and you go to church, people are watching. And these Gentiles, they were watching these Jewish believers. Because you stand out in this world, all you do is being observed. And I tell you, uh, with the devices we have in our world today... A lot, of people, a lot of people are watching us and uh, listening in and wondering what we're doing. It's really interesting. But listen, if people are going to know that God is real and makes a difference in your life and my life, then we cannot just live like the rest of the world lives. Our goal is to be like Jesus. It's to be like him, not to see how much we can be like the world, but still be considered a Christian by most folks. You know, for some people, all you got to do is go to church. Oh, yeah, he's Christian. He goes to church. Oh, yeah, he goes to church. He's a Christian. Some people, that's all in their minds, that's all a Christian is. They just go to church. Why is that? Because they're watching those people, and they don't seem to be any different from anybody else in the world. So the only thing that must make them a Christian is that they go to church somewhere. Oh my goodness. May it not be, may it not be true that that's what this world thinks Christians are. On the other hand, they may think that Christians are militant and out just being bullying people. They've seen that too. They're wanting to see what a real Christian is. If people are watching, they are also comparing. If they're watching you as a Christian, they're also comparing. They're comparing their lives with yours. And if they do not see any difference... Where is the motivation for them to be a Christian? Where is the motivation? There's no difference. I mean, I just, I know on Sunday they're at church, but that's all. There's no other difference. There's nothing else that sets them apart other than they just go to church. If they're, and they're going to do it. I don't like it. I I don't like to be, I don't like for someone to compare their life with mine. I'm like, oh, look at Jesus. Compare your life to Jesus. Don't look at me. If you remember Paul, Paul was brave enough to say, hey, look at me. Watch me. Watch how I live. Watch what I do. Paul was pretty kind of upfront with that. In one of his letters, it was kind of like, whoa. I used to look at that and say, Paul, boy, ooh, ooh, Mr. Christian. Paul's like, oh, look at me if you want to see a real Christian. But then I realized that he, he, he's trying. He is trying to live that life. And that's the best he could do is say, hey, just kind of watch me. Just kind of, just watch what I do. Watch how I treat you. Look how I, see how I love you. Paul tried to make the point. And Peter kind of rides alongside of this with the behavior saying, look, watch. Watch your behavior. Because people are going to compare. Even if we don't like it, they're going to compare their, themselves with us. Notice he says, "Keep your behavior excellent." This means we're to keep our behavior as pure and as good as we can possibly keep it." What does that mean? It means you and I are going to have to stop and think before we act. Oh., takes too long. That's too hard. That's too hard to stop and think. I want to react when something happens. I want to, you know, somebody attacks me. I just want to, I just want to attack them. I mean, what's wrong with that? Well, a lot wrong with that. Because where is Jesus found in you, in you attacking someone? Where is Jesus found in all of that? Where does someone who does not believe find Jesus in that kind of behavior? And look, I mean, look, I got, I got fingers I'm pointing to you, but they're pointing to me too. I mean, this gets, this gets into where we live every day and how we treat people. And it's tough. But to stop and to think how we act and, and how we, what we say, it means we let the Holy Spirit guide our actions, to guide our words. I've had somebody tell me one time, yes, in another church, well, preacher, I just say what's on my mind. I just say what's on my mind. Well, and I, look. I don't think there's anything wrong with saying what's on your mind, but you can do it. I think God wants us to do it in a kind and considerate and loving way. There's no reason to be gruff. Well, I just don't think think you're wrong. Well, good night. I don't know that I agree with your statement that you just made, But help me understand a little better what you're saying. Maybe I'm not understanding you. There are ways to talk to people in a way that reflects the love of Christ. And yes, it's going to be something you and I have to practice. It's going to be something you and I have to think about before we react to things. And it's going to take training on our part just to stop and to think. Stop and to think. You know, it's funny when somebody's getting, if somebody's trying to attack you, I say attack, verbally attack you. Someone's trying to do that. It's funny how, what can happen if you just do not respond. I've done that before. Somebody's, and I just sit and wait. Sometimes they finally run out of what they have to say, and they don't really have anything else. And then you can respond in a loving way, and it's like, Whoa, what's going on here? What is happening here? Uh, the, The bad part comes when you start trying to, you know, rebuff everything they're saying at that moment. Let them speak. Let them go. And then talk. But there's ways to do it in a godly way. Remember, others will find Christ through watching your, my behavior. They're going to find Christ in that somehow. And so we need to be careful. Your alien behavior in this world matters. Your alien behavior in this world matters. And I kept the little green man up there because I want us to think of ourselves as totally different from the rest of the world. Totally different. Yeah, we we wear clothes. Some of us wear fashionable clothes. Some of us don't, but we wear clothes. Other people in our world wear clothes. You know what I'm talking about, though. The behavior. The behavior. The last thing we have here. Why does your behavior matter? I want to ask that again. Why does it matter if these Jewish believers misbehave as aliens in this world? Uh, I mean, if we're not like the rest of the world, why does it matter? It matters because people, others in this world, need to see lived out before them what has made them aliens and strangers. They need to know why. The rest of this world needs to know why you are different. If it's just because you go to a church house on a Sunday, that's not enough. They need to see something more. Because there's something more to being a Christian than going to a church house on a Sunday. I mean, there is a lot more to living the Christian life than just going to a building. The people need to see the relationship with God that is on the inside being displayed on the outside. They need to see that. They need to see the change that has been uh, wrought in your life, that has been made in your life. They need to know why you are an alien to them. They need to know why you're not just like them. You know, I think it's sometimes when you're younger, when you're a uh, a younger person and you're a Christian, I think sometimes it's more obvious. Oh man, come on. You, you can smoke this. You can try this. You can drink. You know, you got the peer pressure happening. They know you're different, and they don't like it, and they want you to be like them. And it's obvious something's different. You and I need to live that out before them in a way that they know why you're different. The base reaction that we have to someone who is not like us is to shun them, ignore them, avoid them. Am I right? I mean, you, you, you see someone who's not like you and, okay, let's just say somebody walks in, they've got, uh, they've got green hair, uh, maybe it's a mohawk, uh, they've got, you know, their clothes are visibly different than ours, and they walk in here and sit down. How many people are going to run over there and say, hey, it's good to have you today? Now, I have in my heart an idea in my mind an idea that there would be some of you who would. But how many of us would avoid, would just sit back there and say, well, now, who is that? Who is that? Why, why are they here? That blows my mind. As a pastor, I think, why aren't they here? Why aren't more of them coming <laughs> that are different than us coming in, searching, looking for Jesus? Why aren't they here? Because they're out there looking at you while you're out there. They're out there looking at me while I'm out there. That's why they're not in here. They're, they're wanting to see a difference. They're wanting to see a light shining. They're wanting to see Jesus in our lives. There's no why would they come here? But if someone were to come, it's funny how sometimes we do this. Uh, if you're, you know if you're a child, and that's so sad, but children need to be taught not to make fun of people who are different, but they do it. Mama, look, that man has a funny face. Look, Mama, that man's hair. Children just kind of say what's on their mind, but they're still learning. They're still learning. You and I have grown up. We, we need to get past that. Many people do not go beyond what they see and find out why a person is different. They never go to that length to find out, well, hey, how did you get to where you are now? You know, what makes you who you are? You and I as children of the living God need to help people understand why we're different. Look at the last part of verse 12. Uh, He says, so that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may, because of your good deeds, as they observe them, glorify God in the day of visitation. The earthly Christians then were falsely accused of rebellion against the government, Uh, They were accused uh, with false accusations of terrorism, cannibalism, and immorality. The Christians, people in this world were accusing the Christians, the believers in that day, of cannibalism, terrorism, and immorality. What in the world? It's false accusations. But let's look at some of these. I think I need uh, to explain why they were doing this. I mean, it sounds really far-fetched, and they are, but all one needs to do is to find a little bit of something and exaggerate it, and then you've got a story to tell to everybody. Oh, it may be a false story. It may be fake news, but oh, but it sounds so amazing. Look, these Christians, cannibalists. That's what they are. Oh, my goodness. Oh, really? (gasps) Oh. It's, it's interesting how this began. Uh, but all they need is a little piece of something, and they can exaggerate it for accusatory purposes, and then you have a nice-sounding false case against someone. Well, what are these accusations? Let's look back at these. Some wanted to blame Christians for burning Rome. Terrorism. They said, oh, I wanted to burn Rome. That's what they wanted to do. What, what? in the world? They wanted they blamed Christians for cannibalism. They accused them of cannibalism. What in the world? Where did they get that? Some of you may have a hint. It's the Lord's Supper. They said, Well, those Christians are eating flesh and drinking blood. That's what they say, and that's what's happening. Wonder who's who's who that is. You know? They're cannibalists. What in the world? The charge of immorality was interesting. They the, the the non-believers accused the believers of loving each other a little too much. I mean they were they you know they preached loving each other well the non-believers well yeah, they love each other way too much. I mean it was immoral kind of love. They took these accusations and threw them up against these Christians. They didn't know what made them who they are. They didn't understand why they were who they were. People in this world, they don't understand who we are, who you and I are. They don't understand us. Why do we come to church? Why do we pray? Why do we try to live a life that is different from everybody else in the world? Why? What is the cause of all of that? People in this world don't know. They don't understand. But if you and I, if these Christians, as Peter says, will keep good behavior, if we will focus our lives and live our lives in a a holy way, we can make a difference. Peter says, as they, the unbelievers, observe them, they will glorify God in the day of visitation. What does that mean? It means because of your behavior, they will glorify God. Why? Because if you're living in a way that is loving and caring of others, they will eventually notice. They will eventually notice. One of the things that I found curious, uh, just interesting, is uh, the revival in the interest of Mr. Rogers. What in the world? I mean, the man passed away, what, 2003, I think, 2004. I mean, all of a sudden, there's a revisitation of who this man is. He was so different. Why was he different? He was a believer. He had Christ in his heart. He sought to love everybody. He stuck out. That was really different. Still is today. Still is even today. But people noticed. And people look back at him and think, what is the deal with him? But non-believers, through how you and I live, will see that God exists. And that his love is displayed in and through you. And that's so important. So important for our world right now. Peter was teaching them that the grace of God, when it visits the heart of an unbeliever... This is the day of visitation for that person. The day of visitation, that's when the Holy Spirit reaches out and moves in the heart of an unbeliever. And the unbeliever begins to pay attention and think, well, now what is this? Who is this Jesus? Do I need to do something about this Jesus or with this Jesus? What what is this? And the unbeliever begins to be communicated with by God Himself through the Holy Spirit. That's the day of visitation for that person. And he or she, hopefully, will respond with saving faith and glorify God. Because they remember the testimony of believers that they watched. Because the Holy Spirit will bring that to their memory. You know so and so. You know so and so. They go to church. But watch how they live. You've seen how they live. You've seen how they forgive. You've seen how they love. You've seen how they minister to others. Wow. Yeah, those are believers. And that unbeliever at that time, that day of visitation, will remember and be aware of those believers. Those who don't believe will experience the visitation of his wrath in the final judgment. Oh my. Oh my. You are an alien. Your alien behavior matters. And your alien behavior will make a difference in the lives of others. So where are you in living as an alien in this world? Where are you? I tell you, and remind you, that our purpose as Christians is to help others to be a Christian. It's not to pass legislation that makes people good, be good, because that doesn't work. For people to be good, it's got to come from their own hearts. So what's in their heart? Is Jesus there? Is Jesus in their hearts? Is Jesus in your heart? If he is, then he needs to be shared. He needs to get out of there every now and then. Not, you understand what I'm saying, he's not going to leave your heart. But he needs to be on display. He needs to be able to be seen by others. When they look at you and watch your behavior. They need to see Jesus. So what do they see from your alien heart? What do they see? Let's pray. Dear Father, we thank you. God, we thank you for this day. Lord, we are not like the rest of this world. We're different. We're different. We do not fit in. God, help us not to try to fit in. Help us to remain different. Help us to stick out. Help us to live in such a way that brings glory to you so that when other people see us, they will know we belong to you and that we're different. We're different. Father, help us to minister to those in our, in our neighborhoods, in our community, in our world. Help us to point them to you by how we live and what we say. A verbal witness speaking the truth, sharing the gospel. That's what has to happen. Yes, they're watching. But if we just simply share the gospel and do not live the gospel, then they're going to see it. They're going to notice the difference. So, Father, help us to live it and to speak it, to share it with others. Maybe there's someone this morning that just needs to have Christ in their heart. Someone this morning that just needs to say, Hey, look, I I am a sinner. I need to be forgiven of my sins. I need Christ to be in charge of my life. I need to know that I am right with the Lord. Maybe today you'd like to just talk to God. Talk to Him and share with Him what's on your heart. Ask Him to to forgive you of your sins. Ask Him to come into your heart. He will. He loves you. Help us to know about your decision. If you made a decision to follow Christ, let us know here at the church. We want to rejoice with you. We want to help you if we can. Father, we thank you for the salvation that you provided through your only son, Jesus. We thank you for sending him into this world to die for us. To take our place on that cross. To take the punishment that we deserve. And to make it possible for us to be with you forever. God, thank you for doing that for us. Lord, may we help others to know what you have done. And may others have an opportunity, even this week or even today, to experience your saving grace. God, we love you. And I pray that as we go through this week, we will show you how much in the way that we live, in the way that we speak to others. May you see us and may you be proud of us, Father. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As you leave this place today, you may not have big eyes, you may not have green skin, but you're an alien. Don't forget. May the Lord bless you. You're dismissed. It's been good to be with you here on this podcast today. Uh, as we talked about, being an alien. It's true. If you have asked Christ into your heart, you are different than everyone else in the world. And it's okay. That's the thing. We, we in our minds, do not want to be different. Well, we are. We're going to be. The way we see the world, the way we interact with people, it's all different than the way the world does it. And so you and I are different. We need to embrace the difference. We need to realize that it's okay. And we need to go out and live and be the difference in the world. So you are an alien. (laughs) You are. If you've accepted Christ as your Savior, you're a stranger in a foreign land. I'm praying for you. I'm praying that God will give you strength, that God will allow you to be just the brightest light in your community. I want you to shine brightly. This world, your community, this nation needs the bright lights of the Christians, the people of God, the good ones, the ones who are loving others and caring for others. Remember, you matter to God and to us at the First Baptist Church of Winsboro.